Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And we're Identical Twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Hi everyone. Hi. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're Identical, identical Twins. twins. All right, we are here for another episode of Hymn Talk, Talk Twin Talk, Talk, where we talk about hymns and twins. <laughs> we are so glad to be back, and thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for reaching out um, on social media yes. and letting us know which hymns you like. Yes. We love it. And we love to know what other podcasts you're listening to. Mm -hmm. And we love to know what other podcasters are doing. Right, right. So we found a really great podcast that we're going to talk to you about a little today. Yeah. Are you interested in listening to something else that's fun and uplifting mm -hmm. and lighthearted, but yes. still will leave you feeling, you know, spiritually empowered? Yes. All right. So this is the Cheer Up podcast. Right. Cheer Up, it's called. If you look on your podcast app and you search Cheer Up, you'll find them. Mm -hmm. It's two ladies, Sherry and Kara. And they are adorable and fun. They're good friends. Yep. They're both authors. They're both authors. They're members of the American Christian Fiction Writers Association. Right. So that's so cool. I I think it's amazing. And I had admitted to Kara that I didn't really read Christian fiction. Right. Nobody ever gave me a title and said, you should try this. Right. Like, I just never did. And she said that she loves reading and she loves fiction and she loves those kinds of books. So if she has a really great book and then there's like this element of faith in it. Right. Like, doesn't that make it even better? Yeah. And it's like. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. mean, I just never really thought about it. I, I don't know. I know. So I really would love to check out one of her books. She's working on one right now. Nice. She's trying to figure out if she goes the self-published route or finding oh. a publisher. I mean, she's doing that. So that's Kara. The other woman is yeah. Sherry. Yes. And she has a book on Amazon, which we are going to give away to one of our listeners. <laughs> that's what we play when we're giving away something. When we're giving away stuff, we're going to have a big uh, celebration. Yes. Okay. So, so we're giving away Sherry's book. Yes. It's called Marriage Matters. It's available on Amazon. Yep, but we're going to be giving it away. Right. So what you have to do if you want to be eligible to win this book mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. us, you have to share mm -hmm. our post on Facebook, retweet it on Twitter, share it on to your story on Instagram. We want to see that you have shared it, tagged us, and then you will automatically be entered to win. And, I mean, Kelly, can they do things more than once? Sure. Anytime you share, retweet, whatever, about Him Talk Twin Talk, when you let someone know what we're doing yeah. throughout this week, yeah. we are going to tally up those shares right. and we're going to uh, draw our name draw our name now we might even do it on like a live we can go live and pick the name that'd be kind of fun <laughs> yeah so this book you guys is called marriage matters yeah. and it's true stories of encouragement from couples who believe in the sanctity of marriage it's 11 different couples who've shared their yeah. stories and it's supposed to be very encouraging yeah. and uplifting so we're yeah. really excited to share her book with you but we also just want to recommend the podcast yes. so yes. if you're up for a different kind of podcast you yeah. know it's not musical like this one right but it's definitely nice I just listened to their biblical parenting episode mm -hmm. and I loved it Aww. like you know kids come with so much joy 
and so much pride and right and so much right. love and excitement and oh they're amazing but then they come with other stuff yeah. that isn't as fun like worrying about them right. and being frustrated by yes. them and and so they just talked all about it from God's perspective of parenting and yeah we really enjoyed listening and learning about Kara and Sherry yeah and so give them a listen yep yeah and then we will pick a winner to receive one of their books. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, we've never done a giveaway. This is our first one. <laughs> the thing is, is that we're really trying hard on our social media. If you yes. follow us at all, I hope you've noticed by now that, you know, we've really been pushing our podcast on social media. Right. And the truth is, is that we love these hymns right. and we love sharing them. And we just want more people to listen. I know, I know, yeah. we do. We have downloads that are coming from all over the world. Yeah. It's so super exciting. In fact, tonight we are giving you a hymn that came from a follower on Twitter. Right. So he has been following Hymn Talk Twin Talk. He reached out to say that he was listening and he so appreciated yeah. the depth and the joy that we bring to each hymn. Or, I love that. So he said that he really appreciated that. And, and I feel like he gets us. Like he got our mm-hmm. our podcast. He's not related to us and he's not a friend. <laughs> he's not even a neighbor. He's not even a neighbor. He's not in our country, you guys. He is in... Ireland. He's in Ireland. He's a pastor at a Baptist church in Cork. So his name is Craig. So, so he says, I, I I would love to know the background of this hymn. I don't know much about it. And then Kelly and I looked at the title and said, well, we know nothing about it. <laughs> we, we don't sing it. We don't, we don't sing it. I don't so know it at all. I didn't even know it was in our hymnal, but, Kel, but we it have is. since. It is. It's actually in yeah. our hymnal. And so I'm so curious what you people, you, our listeners, do you know it? Is it familiar to you? One of the things that I think is so cool, before we give the big <laughs> announcement, which my guess is that no one has guessed it from the clues. Because I it's, mean, maybe. It's just not that well known, Carrie. So I love that his church in Cork, Ireland has their mission. And to me, the mission like is directly inspired by this hymn. I think it's so funny that he is drawn to this hymn and this is his mission. All right, you ready? Our mission is to direct people to a full faith in Jesus Christ alone, according to the Bible alone, so that they can experience life that is never alone. The emphasis of every meeting is the life-changing study of the Word of God and the challenge to live for Him in this sinful age. I mean, I want to go to that church. I mean, that's a church that I would want to be involved in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, are you ready to hear this hymn that Craig requested that neither of us know? Brand new. Yep. Well, it's really, really old. (laughs) It's really, really old, which makes it really, really new. (laughs) Yep. The name of this hymn is Christ Christ Receiveth Sinful Sinful Men. (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure that applause would be the thing after that title. So I almost put crickets. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea. Christ Receiveth Sinful Men. (laughs) Now, the truth is, is that we don't know this hymn, but that doesn't mean that I know nobody it. knows right. it. Craig knows it, and I'm sure there are other people who are listening right. that really know it. Right. And so, sl- and love it. And love it? <laughs> <laughs> you want to just sing it we for We should them? just sing it because maybe you don't know the, the title. Right, but maybe it'll sound familiar. So yeah. it is called Christ Receiveth Sinful Men, but I also saw it by the title Sinners Jesus Will Receive, which is the first which, line. Right, yeah. which you know, that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. All right, you ready? 
Sinners Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all who the heavenly pathway leave. All who linger, all who fall, sing it, sing o'er it o'er again and o'er again. Sing it o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the make the message plain. Message clear and make the message plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. Kelly, what'd you think? I mean. It's it's actually fun. There's it's, some fun moments about it. It's fun to sing. Now, the guy who wrote the music, McGranahan, I think the music is cute and fun. It, it doesn't seem like a song called Christ Receiveth Sinful Men should be fun, though. True. Um, but also, so for those of you who were, like, really listening closely, I was singing the tenor part because I wanted to have this, like, extra yeah. little bit. Yeah. The tenor, I mean... You wouldn't normally hear that, and it was a little bit low. I mean, right. they might have noticed that we were singing kind of far apart from each other. Yeah. So, yeah, the tenor part and the bass part is really fun. Right, right. We have a treat for the performance at the end. I know we do, because we wanted you to hear more of the parts. Yeah it's, yeah, it's good, and it's different. It's definitely different. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this guy who wrote the music. Okay. Because the music is... Fun. I mean, I don't know if the people listening would think fun right away. But for us, you like know, we singing it, yeah. We sing hymns all the time. And right. sometimes they're like almost like dirges. No, this is very rhythmic. It has a nice little lilt and kind of playful rhythm. Yeah. So this guy is named James McGranahan. He was from America. He was from Pennsylvania. The the words he sounds Irish. <laughs> <laughs> the words are you know, originally German. So this is written so long ago yeah. by a German pastor. Right. But McGranahan takes it and gives it this real yeah. um, gospel feel to it. I mean, and when I was looking up the song, it was like a joyful hymn. You know? Right. And, and when I hear Christ Receiveth Sinful Men, I don't think joyful hymn. I know, but why? Why aren't we thinking that this is just the most joyful thing ever? Because that... Christ receives us all. Because Christ loves us all, yeah. no matter how much sin well, we have. maybe that's exactly what McGranahan was thinking mm -hmm. when he wrote the music. Like, this is something to celebrate. It almost has, like, a dance-like quality. So I have no proof to back this up. Okay. But I actually feel like McGranahan already had the tune written. The first time we see the English words are in 1858. Oh. And there's all sorts of different tunes that are that are shown with it. But actually, you know, back then they didn't show the music. I know. So the hymnals had words The hymnals only. were just words only. And then the music director at the time or the organist, somebody would just decide what tune to play. Right. So we really don't get a sense of like, oh, what was the original tune? Right, right. The first time we see it here in America published with music is in 1885. It's in Gospel Songs by Ira Sankey. Oh, we love Ira Sankey. Right? And McGranahan writes this tune to go with it. Now, what I read was that he altered the words to make it fit his tune. Oh. And it's like, um, yeah, the words are really different. Oh, they are. The words are super different. So we are going to put the English words that were originally right. printed in 1858. Right. 
and you can compare. You can do a side by side comparison. But these were, the the refrain doesn't even exist. It doesn't exist. He wanted that refrain in there. Sing it o'er and o'er again. Like that did not exist in the original hymn. And not for nothing, but sing it o'er and o'er again. You could put that to any hymn. I know. You could put that. To well, any it hymn. does rhyme with Christ receiveth sinful men. <laughs> I can't say this with 100% certainty, but I feel like McGranahan already had the tune. And he just found these words. He just changed them completely, (laughs) except for a few phrases. Right. So McGranahan, he's a musician. He loves loves to write the music. He's Mm -hmm. making it work. Um, So this is kind of a musical nerd moment, I guess. Yeah. We love these on Him Talk Twin Talk. Well, what he does, I mean, this is a huge musical nerd. I always fun. I know. He has a time signature change. Right in the middle of the hymn. Right. We don't see this that often. No, who does that? And we, why? The hymn isn't that long. You see him. I know. You see meter changes, you know, in songs that go on and on and on. He has the verses of the song right. are in 3-4. Right. Which is three beats per measure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a very Simple, fairly yeah. common time signature. Yeah. And then the chorus, you guys. When he hits that refrain, he immediately changes it to 12-8. Twelve eight. <laughs> so this is so interesting. And that's why I think it supports my theory right. that he already had it written. Right. He had it written in 12-8 and he, tried, and he just decided to use it. And it didn't really right. go. So let's just talk about time signatures. Okay. So this has to do with the way you know your musical sound is organized, the organizational pattern of the beats. Right. It's like how we hear and feel the music. Yeah. And now when we talk about three four, yep. When we talk about songs that have div- that are divided up into threes, mm-hmm. we sometimes call that a waltz yep. time. You know, it's this one two three one two three. So what's a famous song that everyone would know that's in three four? You know, the Danny Waltz. Do, 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 One, Okay, how about our national anthem? Bum, ba, dum, 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 Yeah, how about Amazing Grace? Amazing Grace. How sweet one, two, three, the sound. One, two. So three, four is is fine. It's, it's fine. It's There's not nothing. as common as common time. No, no, no. <laughs> no, it's totally expected and yep. appropriate and yep. normal. So here is Christ receiveth sinful men. Three, four. In three, four. Okay. Sinners Jesus will receive. One, two. Sound this word of grace to all who the heavenly pathway lead. All who linger, all who fall. So, I mean, we hear, we all hear that one, two, three. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be a music major to to hear the division of three. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, it jumps into the chorus um, and it switches to 12. 12-8. So this is not anything uh, like 3-4. Not anything like 3-4 and not a time signature I typically see in hymnals. No. So the distinction here is really in the subdivision of right. the beat. So right. the subdivision of the beat is how the beat gets divided. The subdivision in 12-8 means that each beat gets divided into three and there are four full beats in each measure. Right. 
I mean, that's a lot there. I, th- I think we just like blew people's I know. Brains. Are you guys asleep? I know. I don't think asleep. they care about that. M&M's <laughs> always fun. This is the stuff we live for. I mean, M&M's always fun, except if you're going to talk a lot about 12-8. All right, but we have a fun little quiz. <laughs> we do. <laughs> so if you're still with us and curious about this time signature thing, stick with us a little longer. Okay, so when you're talking about time signature, you have two levels of classification. You, It's either simple or compound. Right. And then the second level, is duple, triple, or quadruple. So, my sister, I have a little quiz for you. Okay. Okay. So, okay. 12 8. 12 8. True or false? It is in common time. That is false. That's right. It wouldn't be in common time because nope. it's so weird. It's so weird. And common time, you guys, is 4 4 because right. it's the most common. Okay. So, 12 8 is in simple time. False. That's right, because it is in compound time, because the basic note division is groups of three. All right, 12-8. 12-8 is in triple time. False. That's right. All right. It's actually a combination. We call it compound quadruple time. (laughs) M&M's always fun. I mean, I feel like we might be helping someone out on, like, the next Jeopardy question. Right. Or someone who's studying their music theory. Yes. Right? And they have a test coming up. Yes. So... What's interesting to me, okay, I find all of this interesting. Yeah. Like, McGranahan has a has a time signature change. Right. He has a refrain that so really weird. doesn't go with it. But what I think is interesting is that we have seen McGranahan do this before. I know, and I kind of have to think, is this like McGranahan's, like, claim to fame? Yeah, is this like his is calling this his card? Trademark? <laughs> okay, so McGranahan is starting this trend, Kelly. He is. He wants to write in compound time signatures and he wants to have a time signature change so another famous hymn that he wrote that i actually really like i will will sing sing of my my redeemer Redeemer. now do you all know this one because it's also by mcgranahan and you know who wrote the lyrics our good friend our favorite Mm -hmm. philip bliss philip bliss we're gonna just sing a little bit for you because you have to hear how similar these hymns are so I will sing of my redeemer is starts in nine eight yes and then the refrain moves to twelve eight so again very similar it's the same change in that refrain so I love this I will sing of my redeemer okay. and this is I will sing I will tell I will praise I just love these mm-hmm. I will statements about praising our Lord yep all right sing along with us this is McGranahan's I will sing of my redeemer okay. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. I will sing of my Redeemer, of my Redeemer. With his blood, he purchased me. With his blood, he purchased me. On the cross, he sealed my pardon. On the cross, he sealed my pardon. Paid the debt and made me free. And made me free. And made me free. All right, did you pick up on the tempo change there? 
Having you sing the tenor part helps us with that tempo Like change, sort of establish that, that beat. Yeah. I know. I know. To me, I find them to be like uncannily similar. Right. Really In fact, similar. when I first looked up Christ Receiveth, it actually made me think of it. Like even the the words of the refrain, sing, oh, sing. Right. And the other one is sing it or and I or know, again. I know. I guess this McGranahan has like a sound. That's yes. his. And I think he likes this compound time. Yeah, me too. So the other song that he does, which which is in Compound Dime, is Showers of Blessings. Right. Oh, we love Showers right. of Blessings. There shall be showers of blessings. Yeah. So, of course, McGranahan isn't the only person who worked on this hymn. Right. I, we love hymns like this. They, it was a collaboration of three different people who didn't live near each other no. and who didn't even live at the same time. So I love that. You just feel like the Holy Spirit had the song going, mm-hmm. you know? When you think of... McGranahan finally doing the music in 1885. Right. Right. He took words that were translated by an English translator named Francis Bevan. She did it 30 years prior right. in 1858. But the original words. How's this? Which were written in German, mm-hmm. you guys. So forgive us on our pronunciation of his name. Mm-hmm. Erdman Neumeister. Right. And this goes back to 1718. Right. So we're talking about the, a span of 150 years yes. from beginning and to end. And each person, Erdman, Francis, Francis and McGranahan, mm-hmm. each of them were so talented. Yeah. And they were so committed to making something that was really beautiful and honoring to God. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk second about the man who wrote the original words mm-hmm. in German. Erdman Neumeister. Okay, so Erdmann Neumeister was born on May 12th in 1671. Wow. Yeah. Oh my word. In Weisenfels, Germany. Wow. Now, he went to the University of Leipzig. He was a student of poetology and theology. Wow. Poetology? Yeah, have, Is that a thing? I, it was for him. What's that? <laughs> What's that? Poetology? What's I don't that? think that's a major What's now. That? I mean, he wrote a thesis on the German poets. Right. Now, he is the author of 450 hymns. Many of them are still used in German German today. Now, Only after he graduated, been he translated became a pastor in this German town of Bibra. Bibra. I loved learning about this town that he moved to after okay. college. He was a pastor at a church in Bibra. Bibra is a spa town. Of course. Now, That's so where vis- every young pastor wants to <laughs> preach. Visitors flocked there to, quote, take the waters. Nice. That's what you would do. Now, there's a small summer health resort. It possessed a weak, earthly Kelebeet spring called the Eisenquell. Now, Kelebeet is a natural spring containing iron salts. Wow. Is it still around? Can we go? It is still around. We could go. This is your captain <laughs> But if we can't get all the way to Germany, we could visit a Kelebeet Spring here in the United States. All right, so we have Kelebeet Springs here. Yep, in Texas, Virginia, Kentucky, North Carolina, Aww. Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia are all home to Kelebeet Springs. Wow, now a couple of years ago, I traveled to Hot Springs, Arkansas. And it is a place where people would flock to. Right. And we, I was able to go in and, 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 and sit and bathe in the hot springs. So the only like spring natural water yeah. place that I went was in Bath. So when I was right. in England, and I went to Bath. And I did that Bath. too. And I was in Bath. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we could have a spring tour. This is your captain's <laughs> All right. So he is pastoring in Bibra, yes. and then he leaves Bibra. He goes to a couple of different churches. He finally settles in Hamburg. And he actually works and collaborates with Johann Sebastian Bach. Now, he is writing cantatas. Hey. I feel like we've talked about cantatas we before. Have. Bach would write a cantata a week. 
That was his job. It was his job. He was working at a church. Actually, it was in Leipzig. And every Sunday and every holiday, there would be a cantata. He would be responsible for writing everything, conducting the soloists, the choir, the orchestra, all as part of the church service. Can you imagine that every no, week? No, every week. Yeah. I, it's hard enough to just get a choir song together each week. Now, he did like adapt some of the music he had already written. Right. It wasn't right. always original, right. you know. But it, but you guys, a cantata is complicated. Right. It's multiple songs. Mm-hmm. It's not just one song. Mm-hmm. And each song, although they're connected, they really can stand alone. Right. They are they're full, full songs. All of his words that he that Bach would use were German. He would use these German poets mm-hmm. and he used the words of Neumeister. Yeah, awesome. In fact, Bach set five of Neumeister's texts to music in these cantatas. So if you really got into Bach, which I mean we could do I know, oh my god many episodes on yeah. Bach, but if you really got into him, you would notice that his works are numbered. I mean these composers wrote so many right. things, they didn't even bother like with titles. With titles. I know, right. I love that. So he, some, someone named Wolfgang Schmeider came along and like organized all of his cantatas. And so they or- cataloged it with the letters BWV. Right. So every cantata has the words, the letters BWV and a number. And BWV numbers 1 through 200 are all sacred cantatas. Wow. 200 of them. Those were all cantatas that would have been performed in a church. Right. And Neumeister wrote five of them. Nice. So if you ever wanted, and maybe we can share this yeah, on our maybe social we can media, but numbers 18, 61, 24, 28, and 59 okay. all utilize Neumeister's texts. Now, what's cool about Neumeister is that he was a pioneer in the cantata world right. because he was using recitative and aria in his cantatas. What's that? <laughs> what did you say? Should that what's be a that? what's that? Or should it be a. <laughs> it's both. Well, recitative. Now, recitative and arias were used in, like, secular opera. Right. Recitative is a rhythmically free vocal style that sort of imitates the natural infections, inflections of speech. Right. So it's like dialogue and narrative. Mm-hmm. But we'll it's share, sung. We definitely will share one on our social media, one of Bach's recitatives. And an aria is just a melody, a tune. It's specifically for a solo. It's accompanied. And usually the, the melody is somewhat, you know, elaborate and impressive. Yes. It's yes. meant to almost like show off a solo right. voice. You know, here's like a fun fact. Okay. <laughs> My daughter's name is Aria. Yes. So it, she's her literal name is, you know, song, beautiful song. Beautiful song. Yeah. That's my aria. And we always say that. We always tell her, you know, you you have a very musical name. That's right. Yeah. So while he was at St. James Church, he's in Hamburg. Neumeister wants to get Johann Sebastian Bach to be the organist there. Right. Uh, they're, you know, they have this opening, so they are, they are like accepting applications, right. and they have a good working relationship. Yes. They work together on five cantatas, right? And another organist, Joachim Heichmann, <laughs> was applying for the job as well, and he do- donated this like large sum to the church. It, they said it was four thousand marks. Okay, and they gave him the job. Oh my gosh! And not Bach didn't Bach. get it. And Neumeister was enraged about it. That's what I read. He was enraged that Bach didn't get the job. Right. And he actually spoke about it from the pulpit. Right in a sermon. In a sermon. <laughs> yeah. So he was pastoring St. James Church for forty years. The church is wow. still there. Wow. We could absolutely visit it. Yep. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, and we'll share the pictures of it mm-hmm. on Facebook and Instagram. The church itself dates back to twelve fifty five. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that? Yeah. 
And, and he was there for 40 years, which is, you know, a long time a long in time our time. For but, a pastor, but yeah. For a church that's been around since the 1200s, it's right. not that long. Right. <laughs> now, he was actually buried at St. James, mm. but his grave was destroyed during World right. War II. Right. Yeah. Right. So this isn't a time when, when pastors were writing the hymns. I think that that's so interesting because right. somewhere along the line that really has changed. People who are pastors, you know, they may not be musical. We actually read that this him this text came from a sermon he was working on right right so imagine if you're a preacher and you're working on a sermon and you just want to find just the right hymn to close out the service Mm -hmm. and you can't find one so what do you do you You write write one one. right he was preaching that sunday on the parable of the lost sheep okay so this is luke 15 3 through 7 um, I'm going to read it for you. I'm sure it's a parable that you've heard before. What does the Bible <laughs> say? But this is the, it's a short four-verse parable. Yeah, let's hear it. But it's what was going to be the text of his entire sermon. So he okay. was going to talk about it for a lot. Yeah. It says, so he told them this parable. This is Jesus talking. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Mm. So that's the parable that a, a, a shepherd would go and leave 99 sheep to go and find the one that was lost. So I thought, wow, that's perfect. I mean, that's he was talking about Christ, you know, receiving and, and looking for sinners. Mm-hmm. But then I went backwards just a little bit, which I'm sure he did in his sermon. Luke 15, 1 through 2. What does the Bible <laughs> say? The chapter begins, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Wow. And then Jesus tells, tells them, them the, the parable. parable. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that make more sense? Yeah. yeah. And that inspires him to write the song. So that's what we call on Him Talk to Win Talk. Inspiration. Yeah. I love that. So, I mean, it's so funny that he is a preacher and a poet. Right. And he is writing poems while he's writing his sermons. Now, there's a verse that we have by Neumeister, translated by Bevan, that didn't make it into our hymnal. Do you want to hear it? Yes. It goes like this. Shepherds seek their wandering sheep o'er the mountains bleak and cold. Jesus, such a watch doth keep or the lost ones of his fold, seeking them over moor and fen, Christ receiveth sinful men. Wow. So that's that's really going right to that Luke passage. <laughs> I mean, if there was any doubt, yeah, that verse. Now, we lose that verse I in know. our version. We do. Um, and you can see why. I mean, it's moor and fen. I it's, know. I, those words, I don't even, yeah. yeah. Over the mountains, bleak and cold. I yeah. mean, yeah, he, they just decided... Not to use it, but you almost wonder, like, did McGranahan know that this really came from that passage right. in the Bible? Because then maybe he would have included it. Yeah. He would have said, yeah. okay, this is the one. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Now, what's interesting is that, of course, the original sermon and the original text were in 
German, and we only know them because of this Frances Bevan. Right. But her name is Frances Emma Shuttleworth Bevan. Right. So Shuttleworth was her maiden name. Right. And then she married Bevan, and she had nine children. So we first see the English words in her hymnal that she edited. It was called Songs of Eternal Life. You guys, she was an author and a hymnal editor. Right. I mean, she actually had a part in creating the hymnals. And she wrote these books, and they were all like nonfiction. She wrote the story of John Wesley. You know, she would write these true stories of God's servants. Right. And in the hymnal that we're talking about, she puts Neumeister's words in the category, like of the hymnal. The category is called Song of Welcome. Oh. And the Song of Welcome, she has the words underneath, Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Now that comes right from the Bible. What does the Bible (laughs) say? So John 6.37, it says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Wow. So those are the sinners. Right. That's how that's but, Christ receiving the sinful men. Like every single person ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Every human. <laughs> right. right. Every human. Now, I said before in the podcast that we should do like a side by side. So you right. can see Francis Bevan's words and then you can see how McGranahan changed them. I mean, right. McGranahan really did change them a lot. Right. Why don't we just hear all of McGranahan's okay. words? Okay. I mean, if you read them, I can just play them. Yeah. Sinners Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to all, who the heavenly pathway leave, all who linger, all who fall. Sing it o'er and o'er again, Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain, Christ receiveth sinful men. Come, and he will give you rest. Trust him, for his word is plain. He will take the sinfulest, Christ receiveth sinful men. Now my heart condemns me not. Pure before the law I stand. He who cleansed me from all spot satisfied its last demand. Christ receiveth sinful men, even me with all my sin. Purged from every spot and stain, heaven with him I enter in. So some of these words are really rocky like they're clumsy they just don't read Mm -hmm. they don't read easily Mm -hmm. and you know first you can say well they're not the original language they're translated you know and then you could say and then Granahan McGranahan just tried to change them to fit the music so those two think factors really play a part I think in the success of this song Mm -hmm. this hymn is not sung often here in America and why? Why is it not popular? I mean, there's a few reasons right there. I do think the words are tricky. I think that a lot has, has been maybe lost in translation. Yeah, I think so, but too. But you can kind of just pick apart some of the things that just don't carry well into 2021. Okay. I mean, first of all, it's still using some archaic language. Right. The ETHs. Receiveth. Right. And I don't understand why they chose to keep receiveth. But not keep these and thous. I mean, there's if usually those all kind of go together. It says he will take the sinfulest. And it could say thou would take. It doesn't quite work. And maybe it would have been more successful if they just chose one type of words to use. They ch- and they and now they're like mixing them up. And then there's just some words that are unclear, like sinfulest. 
right. is not really a word. I mean, I, when I typed it out, a uh, spell check catches right. it immediately. It's not a word. No. Right. And then some words just have old definitions. For instance, it says a couple of times the word plain, Karen. Right. So in verse 2, it says, trust him for his word is plain. And then in the chorus, it says, make the message clear and plain. So what does that word plain mean? I found, you know, an older definition of plain. It's a, it comes from the 14th century. Okay. So this is an older way of using plain. Right. And it's evident. It's clear. It's unmistakable. It's right. obvious. It's downright unmistakable. And again, this is just not a way that we use it that much. I mean, you could say, oh, well, that's just plain nonsense. That's not the greatest word to, I think, get people to understand what it's trying to say. And, you know, it's the same old thing that we always say. We don't love when it doesn't rhyme all that great. Yes, you know, we're talking yes. about plain that rhyming rhyme with, with men. men and again. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't quite work. And another word that just isn't great that you have to that needs some explanation is he who cleansed me from all spot. Now, people who have have, have grown up in the faith and maybe went to Sunday school, right. you know, we have right. spots. We might even think of the other hymn, White as Snow. Absolutely. I mean, of course, we talk about Jesus' cleansing power. Right. But I mean, that's just not these, right. these don't make this hymn that appealing to people living today. If you have to kind of explain the words, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. people don't want to sing it. Well, and it's especially hard for for newer people, right. younger people. Right. You know, maybe people who remember singing this as a kid have no problems with it. So, I mean, those are some a bunch of reasons why this song isn't popular. And maybe I could get behind all of them. Right. But maybe as a worship leader, I would stand up and explain some of it. Right. And, and maybe get it to a point where people would understand it. I know. That would actually be really nice. Right. But then there are other reasons why people don't like it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure we 100% agree with these reasons. And you probably out there might might agree or not agree. I mean, it's up to you. But some people, you know, have, find fault with the gender exclusive language of mm -hmm. saying Christ receiveth sinful men. Right. We know that the old English is humankind. It's humanity. It's everyone. It's man and woman. It's genderless. But people from today, they don't want to sing a song about men. Right. It feels like we're being exclusive. Right. And you just don't really want a song in worship that, it, that becomes almost like a stumbling block right. for people. Right. They're now sort of... Worrying about that word. But obsessing over right. why they don't like it instead of just worshiping. Being able to worship. Right. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's something Satan does in our worship. Mm -hmm. Takes the focus off of Christ where it should be right. and focuses it on that word men. On one word. Right. right. I mean, that little bit of a scandal there. Yeah. That little controversy uh -oh. Uh -oh. is, you know, is that people don't like the gender exclusive yeah. language. And again, you know, if it was an awesome song that mm -hmm. was just like had so many good things about it, maybe I would still excuse like the one or two men's that are right. in it. I mean, but but there's a lot. That, there's a lot There's here. a lot to find to find fault with. Mm -hmm. And I and I want to hear from Craig in in Ireland. You know, do they love love right. love this song? Are they just is their church in a different place than we are here in America? They because very well could be. I feel like people wouldn't like this. And then the last thing that people really don't like. Okay, really, you are not taking it I easy know. on this hymn. Craig is going to be so mad at us. <laughs> what else, Kelly? <laughs> the you know, real insistence of how sinful we are. Right. Which, it's not that it's false. No, of course. We know we're sinful. Yeah. But in churches that, you know, are, are really lay a lot of weight on guilt, 
um, you know, they they want to be in a church that that doesn't do that. Right. And um, and so again, you know, it to, to me, I I would not want to do this song. I would just want to. Um, you know, vary it with something else before or after. Like, I would always want to be careful right. of what I did before and after. So it wasn't like every single song on that Sunday has us saying how sinful we are, you know, every time. I mean, you have the song Amaz- Amazing Grace where yeah. we call ourselves a wretch. A wretch. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but the, the theme- overall theme of Amazing Grace is... is- Amazing grace. But the overall theme of this is Christ's grace and compassion to us. I mean, he that he receives, receives us. us. Yeah. And I love the the refrain. And I think it's so interesting that McGranahan probably added this refrain. Right. It wasn't there by Newmeister. It wasn't there by Bevan. But it's just sing it o'er and o'er again. Christ receiveth sinful men. Make the message clear and plain. Christ receiveth sinful men. And that's where the joy comes. That's where that's, the joy comes. He wrote this happy, playful, yes. fun music to go with this joyful message. Yep. Yes, we are sinful, but he still receives us. But we have a savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, this it's was so different for us. So different. I mean, one, it was a song we really didn't know. Right. And it was really a song that's not that popular. Right. So we had to dig into it. In different ways. Right. Why isn't it popular? And this almost became like a critique of it. Like a commentary and a critique of it. You know, which is different. This isn't what we normally do. But I have loved learning about it. And I feel like that tune, that Mm 12-8, will be in my head for a while. Yeah, I definitely have a new appreciation, especially for McGranahan. Yeah, we're going to. I love that music. We'll be hearing more of McGranahan. Okay. Okay. So So we have kind of a treat for you guys. I know. I'm so excited. We have a special performance of this. Yeah, we're bringing Kelly's daughter. This is my niece, Tessa. Yep. She has a great voice, and we just roped her in. We have the three of us singing this little trio. Yeah, we really wanted to hear the soprano part, Mm -hmm. you know, the melody, the alto part, which is so pretty, and then we also wanted to hear this tenor part yeah. that you know Carrie loves. I the love those part those so extra much. parts. <laughs> All right, here we go, everyone. Christ, Christ receiveth sinful men. Sinners, Jesus will receive. Sound this word of grace to Receive that sinful 
stand. He who cleansed me from all spot, satisfied its last so great we have to have we have to have tessa sing with us again doesn't that make you like appreciate the song even more and love it when you have just you know someone singing it so nicely yeah and like thank you you know different voices moving around yeah Yeah. all right so we are just about done we want to remind you yes to share share the post on facebook and instagram and twitter yes (laughs) and just and one of you will win the book and you know this might be a great gift for someone who's just getting married oh that's true you know if you have someone in your life you might want to you know be the winner we're done so we're going to leave you with one last scripture verse yeah until Uh, we until we see you again yep all right so we are going to end with romans 5 8 Mm -hmm. but god proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners christ died for us while we were sinners, Christ receiveth sinful, sinful men, women, and women, twins, twins, and and children, people, <laughs> all of humanity. Oh, thanks for listening, everyone. For listening. This was great fun. Thanks to Craig for the request. Yes, and Craig, hey, thank if you. you have a request, let us know. Let us know, and make sure you're sharing us on social media. Him talk, twin talk. You can find us. All right, bye now. Bye. Keep singing.